two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. Oh my Is god. I almost want to not record tonight so I can watch it for a third time. Because, <laughs> right, I, I'd seen like, um, yeah, like trailers for it and things like that. And, 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 and at least some of the initial responses, because it only came out, what, like just this weekend, right? Or like just, just, yeah, like, late, yeah, like Friday, like Friday I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I saw some of the people whose opinions on movies and things and TV shows and stuff uh, that I that I trust. Um, yeah, I, I think they were like generally pretty pretty amped about it. So yeah, it is it is so good, Josh. Like it's not dumb pandering to fans, but like one of the yeah. people definitely drops the "Is it bleeds we can kill it" line, oh. and it's it's. But it's when you like make no, that that's reference awesome. or that call, right? Exactly, and you do it right. You know, like when you're doing it right, you're not like ha ha wink 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 fans. It's like yeah. no, fuck that. They're they love it. They care. Like it's great. The CGI is fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you don't notice after ten minutes. It's it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it is. It's that fine line of it's not just member berries. It's not total. Like oh, they said the thing, but yeah, when it's. It, uh, uh, incorporated organically and within that story it makes sense and it's a callback yeah uh, totally goosebump goosebump raising absolutely it's yeah it's it's definitely worth the time um i'm giving it my two wizard seal of approval <laughs> there you there you, actually you know what maybe that's that's a good idea maybe we should start doing stuff like that when we get horned up for video games or movies or tv shows um yeah well also oh, yeah. kind of to to that point too you said that um uh, you you were thinking about, or you already got started on a on a two wizards Goodreads. Um, yeah, profile. yeah, yeah. That's right. Because um, I I need to get better about like actually adding the books, but you can take a picture on the app on your phone. Oh, sweet, and it'll and it'll automatically do it that way. And I'm just gonna do. Yeah, I just need to go through my library and do it. But yeah, which because because again, so listeners, keep an eye for that. We're gonna like start a two wizards uh, reading club, book club. Yeah, and because it's well, and not only. Not only is it good for us to like again, like do our due diligence and like give credit where credit's due inside our sources and all that, but it helps out our yeah our listeners that that they want to pursue it more, and even like you've been doing yeoman's work, making some waves on our socials, like uh, yeah, because just recently you had an interaction with uh, 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 Ken. Um, oh, Ken Fader! Yeah, Ken oh Fader. my God! Yeah, yeah, right. Personal, personal hero of mine. I know he doesn't listen, but but even right, but it's it's that you know, yeah, it, it's that like putting good out into the universe and like doing the thing and like adding somebody or like retweeting somebody's because he had a pretty funny like, all right, gang, I'm I'm only like, uh, what was it like, like seventy four thousand followers away from a million. <laughs> Let's see if we can do yeah. this by the weekend. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so right so, help this man out yeah so so right and, and and yeah as we are entering season five and our two-year anniversary you know we are it is it's it's time for us to like yeah start start doing this thing start doing this thing yeah it's like well and what what is this thing that we're doing it's the two wizards podcast it's the two wizards podcast and we're doing it once more the two wizards podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> we're here and yes everybody welcome once more, uh, always a joy and a pleasure to have you listening, joining us. Uh, my name is Josh, and I am a wizard. 
And my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard, and listeners, if you're just tuning in, I still sound weird because I don't have my front teeth, but right. soon, yeah. one day soon. Yeah, one day soon, well, and it, yeah, it'll be, it'll be just that thing where, you know, years from now, so we're sitting down and listening through our old episodes and reminiscing and laughing, it'll be, it'll be that thing like, oh yeah, season five, that was, that was a season of... <laughs> Well, also some big news that I won't spoil. I'll let you if if you choose to share. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the season that started off uh, after Josh did all of his travels, and yeah, Mark was finally paying the price for getting hit in the face with a bunch of coconuts. <laughs> but you also, man, who knew? But you who also have coconuts, some good news. Man. Yeah, you also have some good news to share, and 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 I'll leave it to you if if you want to get into it now or if you want to hold off later. Um, I'm gonna hold off okay. till later because no, no, fair it, enough. I was raised by a very superstitious Greek grandmother who mm. said, don't tell people what you're doing, otherwise God will take it away from you. No, that is, uh, yeah, I think... And as yeah, I'm yeah. not currently wearing my evil eye, I'm mm. not gonna... That was the other thing, too, man. Um, yeah, during my, like, week or so in Greece. Like, and yes, of course, that's the touristy thing. But, like, so many matis, like, everywhere. Um, and, of course, like, I had to buy one. Like, I had to buy one. I don't want the evil eye on me. Hell yeah. God damn. Um, but no, that's a very good point, and and yes, very prudent. Uh, so I guess I, I I will shout it out once it is confirmed. Okay, though, great. To be like a hundred percent confirmed. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. But but yes. So we have that too. Um, so I, I guess with, with that being said, why don't we go to one of our standard one of you? You better believe this is always going to happen. That Mark and I will be drinking something. Maybe it's something good. Maybe not. But we'll we'll be drinking something. So what are we pouring into our wizards uh, rightons? This time around. I am excited for this one. I'm actually really scared. We were talking today at work. Mm -hmm. um, it's been rough lately. Mm. And this, I was talking to a girl up front, and she goes, God, I just want to go have a margarita. And I was like, yeah, but made with bourbon in it. <gasps> and so um, long and short is, Josh, I made a bourbon margarita. Holy cow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I am calling this a Bolton Colada, <laughs> a la Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones. What it is, is four Palisade peaches, totally like... Okay. Flayed of their skin, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, if you've never tried to peel a peach, goddamn, it is a schlep. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> instead of tequila, it is Buffalo Trace bourbon. Oh, buffalo, sweet Buffalo Trace. Yep, yep. So it should have that little bit of a sweeter flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, triple sec, like a triple sec in it, like a you know margarita. Uh -huh, right. Um, a simple syrup, and then just a splash of grenadine. It's this pretty like orange color. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you blend that over ice, and I'm drinking it out of my Ninja Blender bottle because I'm afraid to knock this shit over and stain my rug. Right, right. No, right. That that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, no, totally. That's awesome, man. Okay, well, now I know what my next drink is going to be after I make a grocery store run because that just sounds amazing. That just sounds great. Um, well, and I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have several options here, but I guess I'll start with the the newer one. Um, and I don't know, maybe this ties, I mean, you can make, you can make, you can make anything about anything, but um, maybe this is appropriate for what this topic is, maybe not. But I have with me a Angry Orchard Hard Fruit Cider Tropical uh, with notes of pineapple and passion fruit. Because, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it just sounded good. And so that's what I went with today. Um, and then, right. And then in reserve, I'm, I'm still sticking with the Texas Ranch Water. So got some of those. Um, uh, on deck and in the hole. But for now, Angry Orchard, hard fruit cider, tropical. Well, cheers, good buddy. 
Here's Anya. Woo. It's real thick, bourbony and peachy. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is the sum of its parts. I could, I got 32 ounces to get through, so this is going to be a fun <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this one's also fine. It, again, uh, what's on the label is what you get. I don't know. I guess I haven't had a Angry Orchard in a while because, yeah, that's, it's just super sweet. Which, again, that's, yeah. I don't know what I didn't, I don't know why, what I expected other than that, but that's, that's okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so what we're getting, what we're getting into today and listeners, you've seen the title as you've downloaded this, but for, for those playing along, those of you listening on the radio, (laughs) keeping score at home, keeping score at home. Um, yeah, we've been talking about, you know, season five, uh, starting off some new things, adding, perhaps even adding, uh, a few things in. We're doing the Goodreads list. Um, maybe have some other things in store that we'll kind of roll out. Um, but this is this is something that honestly, Mark, we've been talking about doing since season one. This sort of like mm-hmm. regular or semi-regular or even ir- irregular uh, series where, uh, yeah, you you are a wizard and I am a wizard, but we're not the only ones. There are wizards throughout history. Um, and we, yeah, like like game respect game, wizard respect wizardry, um, and so I think this is going to be our first our, our first time, our first our first adding of this. But yeah, this is going to be our sort of like true wizards, where yeah we take an episode and we talk about yeah other wizards and like the cool things that they do, how they've how they've uh, um, uh, impacted generations, how they've impacted. S- civilizations um and yeah just say like this person is also freaking sweet (laughs) hell yeah uh and so it's like a tighter loose robe than a loose robe because we're actually like put like effort and research into it but yeah we're gonna just like nerd out over one specific topic yeah right yeah and yeah and one specific person and the things that he or she or i don't know even they in some instances maybe um have, have done uh, and so, as we've been kind of uh, on, on on the back burner, sort of keeping a list of names, going into like this and that. Um, th- this is one that actually sort of popped up relatively recently. But then, in hindsight, it's like, well, of course, this is a this is a true wizard, and we want to talk talk about this person. Um, and uh, that, of course, is a name that will be familiar to regular listeners of the Two Wizards podcast. But this is one Herodotus. Of Halicarnassus, um, yeah, the the so called uh, father of history, at least according to Cicero, maybe the father of lies, according to <laughs> little sad sack Thucydides. Like, no, whatever, I could do that too. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Herodotus, like the guy who. Essentially, yeah, invented this entire uh, research methodology, this entire genre that, like, didn't exist before. It blows my mind. Like, this thing... And, and okay, let me, like, I'll hedge my bet here. That we don't have, like, other recorded evidence of before. Maybe there was some other dude and, like, his writing got lost. But Herodotus is, like... Yeah, this guy who's like, I'm gonna investigate some things and i have questions and i'm gonna do the work to discover it and then write it down and i'm gonna call it 
the histories. So yeah, hell yeah. So we are. So I think we're gonna. I'm. I'm like. Um, yeah, I think I'm like primarily steering this ship. But as always, Mark, feel feel free to jump in because I know that uh, uh, you also maybe like prepped prepped a thing or two. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, buddy. I I did not have. Oh time. no, that's I'm okay. Sorry. That is okay. I've got two inventories this week. Oh no, yeah, ain't no thing. Because again, right? This is like, yeah, not completely loose robes, but like. You can undo the rope belt just to, you know, you can you, you can slide that a little down. Because, right, when you're in the company of other wizards, they get it. You get it. Right. They get it, yeah. yeah. They, they, they know what it is. And so, uh, and so, so yeah, what, what I, what I kind of have prepared is, um, yeah, just sort of like, like a little bit about, like, the guy himself, what we know about him, um, sort of how he came about uh, uh, composing this thing get into some of the like the actual stories and things in it, but also kind of talk about generally what he was trying to do. And then, uh, yeah, there are some detractors, some people who, who take umbrage with him. Um, and we, I, I guess we got to give them their, their moment uh, as well. But then also, right. Just like revel in, yeah, this dude and what he did and what that means for us now. So. Hell yeah. I am excited. I, I know of Herodotus, mm-hmm. but I don't know a lot about him. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm gonna learn something tonight. I'm excited. Yeah, even right, and even in my my kind of research, um, which again also realize, listeners, there are there are entire podcasts just on the Herodotus histories, and at the end I will share them with you because go check them out. They're awesome. <laughs> um, Hell yeah! And so right, this is my sort of quick quick uh, tip of the wizard's cap to Herodotus here. Um, and, and yeah, and even I was learning a bunch of stuff that I didn't quite all, all put together. Um, but I guess with that uh, uh, preamble established, let's just dive in. Let's just dive in and do it. So um, as is my want, Mark, in your definition, in your understanding, what what is history? What is a history? I... Um... I don't know. It's written by the victor, and mm. maybe that doesn't always mean it's right, but it's what we accept as the thing that happened. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we just kind of go with that. And maybe sometimes it can be objective, and maybe sometimes you can have, like, multiple sources that come together, and, you know, you kind of, like, block out an actual timeline of it, and, okay, right. well, this happened here, this happened here, but yeah. um, I do think it can be a one-sided affair in a lot of cases, because you only get one side a lot of the time but right. yeah i think that's about it okay yeah no totally yeah i think that makes sense um and, and right and not to didn't mean to put you completely on the spot there but but that is yeah that is just kind of it, it it's this thing where it's like well yeah i kind of know what like history is and uh I, I mean i i always enjoyed history classes in like grade school and high school and um actually i didn't i didn't take a lot of history in college that's now that I think about it. I don't know if I took any like prop. I'm, well, well, okay. So I took like a music appreciation class, and that kind of included some history stuff. Um, intro to theater, I guess, also maybe had like a history component to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like, what is you? What's been your extent of like either like taking history or because I know this is something that we've done anyway, just like our own sort of like personal research interests and like things in the past that we geek out about and like, what have been your experiences with that, with that kind of world? 
Um, I got really horned up for um American history my mm. last year of college because I had like nine credit hours I had to fill to be a full time student, but I had like one class I had to finish for my for my major. Right. So I took a bunch of American history classes, and the coolest one of that was History of the American West. And then right now, I'm kind of burning my way through all of uh, Max Hastings' work. I really, mm. really like Max Hastings. And I'm just kind of doing like... I... I'm doing his war series, so I I just finished Vietnam. Okay. And then there's one he wrote about the Pacific Theater, like, in particular, that I'm going to do next. But these are, like, you know, a couple thousand page books, so you got to, like... Right. Temper yourself. Yeah, I... But, yeah. I don't know if I know uh, Max Hastings, so I'll have to... That's one I'll have to keep an eye out for. I really only know of him because of Dan Carlin. He oh, references gotcha. him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I'll check this guy out. And I got his um um Catastrophe about World War One, And oh, I got that on gotcha. audiobook, and it got me through Christmas in a grocery store. <laughs> like, I would just, like, wear my Santa Claus hat that and put my earphone in and, like, no one could know. And I was just, like... Completely appropriate. It's great. It's amazing. Like, yeah. it's so good. And he gets really into it, and he's a fantastic historian. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all about Max Hastings right now. But then I also geeked out to you last week. Tom Holland is, like, yep. my new favorite, I think. Yeah. I'm about halfway through Dominion, the, like, story of Christianity. Oh, and my God. Dominion is so good. Dominion is so good. Oh, my God. It's good. so good, and we're so dumb, and I hate us as a species. Yeah, but it, oh, my God. Yeah, but it is. But it's just like, oh, that's that's why we do things. <laughs> so, yes, also, yes, you, you, you gave a completely earned shout-out to Tom Holland. Um, yeah, with Persian Fire. Um, yeah, and with D- Dominion, and, and he has a couple other. He has he has I think two or three histories uh, about like Rome. Uh, he has one about like the rise of Islam. Um, one I think in like yeah like sort of medieval. How oh, d- does he have a Crusades? I don't know. Um, um, no, no, I'm being a bad Tom Holland fanboy. Um, <laughs> I don't have his entire corpus uh, memorized. Um, Damn you! Yeah, but okay, but there you go. Perfect. You call yourself a Holland head? I. <laughs> Love that. We're, we're going to get that trending on Twitter as soon as this episode drops. Goddamn right. Okay, but also you mentioned too, right? Like Dan Carlin. What is his podcast called? Uh, Hardcore History. Hardcore yeah, History. Yeah, I love Dan Carlin. Like, um, I went back and listened to that, uh, um, oh, the, the, the one about the cons, the Wrath of the Cons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize how much shit I took from that for our horrible ways to die in the ancient world. Oh, I was yeah. bored playing uh, Civ one day and listening to it, and that's a weird feeling to have. Mm, yeah. And I was just like, listen, it was like, oh, oh God, oh God, I just like took this man's lines and I forgot that they were his lines. Oh God, I'm sorry, Dan. Well, I will, I, I will do my best not to do that with Tom Holland, uh, because not only did he write Persian Fire and Dominion and all these other things, he also, this was, uh, what, like 2014, something like that, he recently had a new translation of Herodotus's histories. And that's going to be like one of my primary sources uh, from this. Oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, I will do my best not to just like uh, 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 parrot what he says. Although, if I I can also only dream of doing that because he is brilliant. Um, he, okay, oh, but the, the, the other point I was going to make too is right. It's like not only like, uh, uh, yeah, all these like historical books, but also like podcasts. I think like historical podcasts are easily one of the, like the the most downloaded ones. So there's, mm-hmm. um, oh god, you just said it, and now I forgot. Damn you, Angry Orchard Tropical, um, <laughs> Dan Carlin's Horrible Histories, Hardcore History, hard, yeah. hard, Hardcore History. I'm pretty sure there's also a Horrible History. Uh, Tom Holland and uh, Dominic Sandbrook have a pod have a history podcast himself called The Rest Is History. Because yeah. Ooh, we yes, it's brilliant. It is brilliant, and they'll do classic stuff. They'll do contemporary stuff. Um, 
definitely check out The Rest is History uh, by Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook. But that's it. People love this shit. People love learning about the past, going into like big things that we do. They have like big historical things like the Great War, um, like the Crusades, like the rise of Christianity. And then there's also this thing um, more recently too called like micro histories where it's like little teeny tiny like, um, hey, I'm, I'm going to write an entire book about like this uh, dairy workers food strike that took place in Wisconsin um, in like the Great Depression. Cause, yeah. Because I've because I was assigned that book in one of my history classes <laughs> here in grad school. Um, and even myself, right? So I'm getting my PhD in theater, but it's not necessarily like acting or directing. It is the like literature, history kind of criticism thing. So I'm also a historical researcher of sorts. I'm, I'm writing about Greek theater. I'm writing about what theater companies have done with Greek theater in the past. That was my master's thesis was some historical research. Um, and it is, it's like, we can't imagine a world without historical thinking and like looking to the past and going in kind of like you're saying, Mark, like sometimes it's not very objective, but at least we can try to like minimize our biases and get a more kind of neutral reading. Um, we're looking for like cause and effect too as well, or like, or like looking at historical events with a like contemporary understanding, a contemporary lens. Sometimes we're like, oh, and this is also like f full of just, just like fraught, like, oh, well, uh, it's, it's like the civil war all over again, or right. <laughs> we're like looking to the past to like help us understand the present. And I think that's also a lot of what history is too. Um, yeah, like I know people say like those who don't learn right. from history are damned to repeat it. I don't buy that. I think those who don't learn from or those who learn from history are at least going to have an idea of what's going to happen next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because all this also, shit is just cyclical. Yeah, and, and it is, and it is, because we're all we're, we're also still humans with the same DNA. And like, yeah, there's a lot of cultural things that get tied up in that. But right, if, if we're going through some shit right now, it's helpful like, well, has this shit happened in the past? And can we learn from that? Um, yeah, this, this saying has been attributed to Mark Twain. I don't know if it is or not, but it's like, yeah, like, um, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. I think that's a, mm. I think that's a good way to think about Ooh, it. I like that. Yeah. And so it is, it's like, oh, okay. I see how this limerick is going to end and holy shit. Um, <laughs> um, but also just wanted to give a quick shout out. And again, this is like the second preamble here. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, my older brother, Jake, uh, that that uh, dirt sorcerer who joined us <laughs> for the Skyrim episode. So that was his undergrad major. He majored uh, in history, and he wrote about uh, in Creed, Colorado, which is a silver mining town not too far from Alamosa. Uh, yeah, Jake wrote about prostitutes and prostitution in Creed during oh the, hell yeah during the Silver Rush, and it was, it was just like yeah there's the idea of like you know you see in like a hollywood western like oh the 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 prostitute with a heart of gold and the madam who is looking to retire but treats her girls well and won't and jake was like that was definitely not the case in creed it was just uh uh women in like horrible situations trying to do their best and uh it's just very sad <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. But but that's it too, right? Like that I think is also helpful that, that history can, and, and, and having a, a historical inquiry can do is it helps like dispel those myths. Be like, wait a sec. No, this is in this kind of away from the prostitution thing. But it's like, no, this is like just clear propaganda. And the victor's trying to rewrite history. Here's what actually happened. So yeah, it's a it's an powerful, important thing. And we wouldn't have it as we would today if not for this guy, Herodotus. And so, okay, big preamble out of the way, kind of thing about history. <laughs> and then here's one more thing that just drives me fucking crazy. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. If And it just also happened recently, too. Um, where was this? I saw this probably on Twitter and like lost my mind. If I see one more person say, we've had enough of history, it's time for herstory. I'm going to fucking mm. lose it. I'm going to lose it because that is not how the etymology of that word breaks down. Mark, if you had to take a guess, what language do you think we get our English word history from? Is it Greek, Josh? It's the Greeks. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You're it's welcome, world. Once again, my people save your asses. Exactly. And so, yes. And so for you, for, for, for a person to try and say, it's not history, it's herstory. That's cultural appropriation. You are besmirching the good name of the Greeks. And shame on you. You're going to get canceled. Um, but uh, <laughs> so the Greek word historia, um, it means, and, and, and I've already said this a, a, a couple times, it means like inquiry. It means research. It means investigation. Um, and during the time that Herodotus was in like, you know, the 400s BCE, the 5th century BCE, there were many other histories being written. There were like natural histories that are like like early attempts at like science. There's like political histories looking at like, yeah, like essentially, um, uh, uh yeah, like, like political theory type stuff. It was just it just meant an investigation. It meant like a systematic, um, sort of evidence based research. Sometimes with narrative, sometimes with like storytelling, uh, but that's what history was, historia. Um, and so when Herodotus comes along, he's the first that we know of and and that we have like records of. Um, to like write this to write this massive inquiry and I've read the opening line before but it bears re repeating again what was he investigating what was he researching well he says the opening to this is um, as soon as I can find it and find it in my notes here we go he starts off this is the display of the inquiry and that's the word his his historia this is the display of the inquiry of Herodotus of Halicarnassus so that things done by man may not be forgotten in time, and that great and marvelous deeds, some displayed by the Greeks and some by the barbarians, not lose their glory, including, among others, what was the cause of their waging war on each other. And so that's it. I, that's Yeah, that's a very noble uh, pursuit. Right, and already... We, we, we see some really nuanced things here that contemporary researchers are trying to do. This isn't just like a propaganda, rah, rah, the Greeks are the best. No, he's saying like, yeah, I'm going to be inquiring about like awesome and great things that the Greeks have done. 
and also some awesome and great things done by non-Greeks. And that's, again, the other thing that uh, bears repeating. The word barbarian, for, for us, it, it, it has that sort of like negative uh, kind of meaning. But it, it literally just meant anybody who wasn't Greek. So like the like tribesmen up in like Thrace, Scythia, those were barbarians. The Babylonians and Persians and their massive empires, those were barbarians. The the Egyptians with the pyramids and, you know, thousands of years of history, those were barbarians too. So it's not like that was a negative thing necessarily. Um, right, right, right. Right. And so it is. And so it's like so that we don't forget about this stuff so it doesn't lose their glory. Um, and we're looking at like a cause. We're trying to like find like a causal pattern here. Like why do these Greeks and non-Greeks keep like fighting each other? Um, and so that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing, which again, I think most modern historians also try to do. They, they, they try to be as like even uh, handed as possible. They're considering all this evidence. They're looking for a cause or looking for some e- explanation. Um, and yeah, like of big important things or maybe small important things so that we don't forget about them which i think is absolutely noble and awesome Hell yeah. um, absolutely I, I like that a lot yeah yeah right and so okay and so then so then who was this guy who was this guy herodotus am i am i gonna have to give a history of herodotus well i'm gonna do my best um with now are you sure it shouldn't be his Rodotus. Oh my god. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's what I'm love bringing that. to the table tonight. Shitty puns. I love that. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm so mad I didn't think of that, but I love that. <laughs> His Rodotus. Uh anyway, um so yes, um and this is a name that I've mentioned throughout our our podcast, but just to kind of repeat here. So Herodotus was born again uh in this town called uh Halicarnassus. Uh, it's uh, by like modern day Bodrum, uh, Turkey. Uh, and it's in the sort of southeastern part of this region called Caria, which is like, excuse me, I, uh, southwest. I, I misspoke. Southwestern part uh, called Caria. So, yeah, like southwest Asia Minor, southwest Anatolia, same thing. Uh, and we think he was probably born sometime around like 480. 485, 480 BCE, um, which coincidentally is about the same time that the Greco-Persian War is like ending. And that's like the subject, that's like the main subject of his histories. He's giving the history of the Greco-Persian War and he's born at about the time that it's like ending, which is super interesting. And uh, Halicarnassus, while, yes, it is located sort of in modern-day Turkey and absolutely was a part of the Persian Empire, it was still like a Greek-founded city. There's, uh, there's, there, there's some uh, Mycenaean-style tombs around that area that date back to like, yeah, roughly like 1400 to 1200 BCE. So like when the Trojan War would have been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, it is. And, and, and these are um, Ionian Greeks. Which, like Athens, they're also kind of Ionian-ish. They're like, they're like first cousins. Like first cousins. They're, they're, they're like pretty close. So this place was established as a colony, but, but it maybe had um, either Troizen or Argos as its like kind of mother city. Um, so so it, it's been there for, for a long time, for a long time. Uh, has a, a storied history of its own. 
Uh, and Mark, you even just mentioned Civ. For all of you Civ players out there, what what one of the seven wonders of the ancient world was found in Halicarnassus? The mausoleum the, at Halicarnassus. The mausoleum. And so uh, when that was built, um, uh, it gave plus one science, plus one faith, and plus one culture to all coastal tiles in Halicarnassus. Um, all the great engineers there got an additional charge. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just a just a Civ joke. Uh, Civ joke there for you. Um, however, Look for our new Civ podcast coming out that yeah. Johnny and Josh have not signed off on, but I'm making a creative control decision, so it's happening, guys. <laughs> um, but also interesting to note that the mausoleum was built uh, in 350 BCE, like maybe like 70 years after Herodotus's death. So, oh wow, right, and so that's just it. You think like, oh yeah, the mausoleum of Halicarnassus, ah, it's so old. It's like, oh no, that was like during like Alexander's kind of campaign. Oh, weird. I guess I didn't, that was, that was a timeline that I kind of got screwed up. I, I didn't know when exactly it was built, but, uh, but there it is. Um, it's so weird to think about like the, the grand timeline of, you're talking about history, like the grand timeline of monuments and stuff. Like Holy shit, dude. The yeah. pyramids predate like you know like what we would call egyptians by like what a thousand years or something like yeah and so they were ancient by the time that like egypt was getting its shit together yeah like when greece and egypt were doing their yeah like it's yeah that's crazy to me when herodotus and and, then i'll I'll touch a little bit on this later when herodotus was writing this histories he he did he he took a trip down to egypt and he saw the pyramids he's like look at these ancient monuments they're so old and so mysterious and how were they constructed and who built them and for what? So even, right, even by that point, he's like, look at these old pieces of shit. What is this? <laughs> and then, right, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing now. Because, again, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. That's that's it. Um, and yeah. so, and so yeah, and so so that's where he grew up uh, in Halicarnassus. Um, he's he's probably the most famous person from there. Uh Arguably more famous, or maybe second most famous, would be, and listeners who uh, tuned into our 300s summer cinema series would know, Artemisia the First. Oh, yes. She was also that from Crazy Eva Green, yeah. 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 Uh, which, would, again, uh, we all know was like this ninja assassin orphan girl uh, who looked like uh, Eva Green. That's who. That's who she was. Um, <laughs> but no, she of course was the naval commander uh, uh, at Salamis at some of these battles, who was defeated again. Was defeated about the time that um, Herodotus was like being born or like growing up. That's also crazy to think about. God, that is nuts. Like he yeah. was a kid when this was happening. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm sure it'd be like hearing stories of like, oh, did you hear about what happened in this battle or? Um, well, and this is the other interesting thing. So, like, so there's all these other, like, Greek colonies around, yeah, like, uh, Caria, Asia Minor, and, uh, and and a whole bunch of them are, like, rebelling against the Persian Empire. So, like, no, we don't want to join you. And that's what starts the Greco-Persian War, except for Halicarnassus. They're like, oh, no, yeah, uh, we're with Persia. Like, let's do it. I mean, clearly, because they're, like, queen Artemisia, like like she's she's fighting alongside, she's commanding their like naval forces. Um, so that's also interesting. Like there's maybe some speculation 
that Herodotus's family was like against the Persian Empire, even though they were in Halicarnassus. Um, Artemisia had a grandson, uh, Ligdamus the second, and he like killed a bunch of people um, who were like, yeah, I'm like, this is, this is like 450s, 460s. There was like a sort of uprising, like, hey, screw this. We want to be independent. We don't want to be a part of the Persian Empire anymore. Ligdamus uh, said, these nuts uh and like killed a bunch of <laughs> and like killed a bunch of people and maybe this is what caused a 20-ish year old herodotus uh to like be in exile and he bounced he left halicarnassus oh shit uh around yeah again around like you know mid 450s something like that and so what did he do uh he was he hopped over to uh uh Samos, which is a nearby island. It's not too too far away. Eventually wound up in Athens because Athens, Attic Greek, um, the Ionian Greek cities, they're, yeah, like pretty closely related. So he maybe ended up over there. And yeah, it was during this time, roughly like 450 to 430, 20 years, maybe 25 years, something like that, um, that he goes on this massive travel journey this massive voyage going all these different places and he composes the histories um because right he was a little kid when the persian war when the greco-persian war was ending um there was still maybe some uh insurrection or some some instability in the area between like greek and persian forces so that that's what that's what makes him leave his hometown and he's who knows who knows what compelled him to like start writing this massive history of why are Greeks and non-Greeks always fighting, including when I was just born. And that's what he does. That's what he does. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like so stinking cool. Right. And, and like, I, it's not like it was completely undoable because people were trading and, you know, there were ships going here and there and sailing up rivers and doing stuff like that. But yeah, the fact that this guy like traveled to all these places and like mm-hmm. talked with the people there and like saw things and wrote about them, that's phenomenal. That's amazing, man. That is cool. The, like he like echoes a little bit. That's pretty that's pretty damn neat. Yeah, yeah. And like and again, like I I I can't without this turning into like a four hour podcast, I can't go through like <laughs> super detail with his book. Cause cause yeah, it's it's a big boy. This one, let's see here. Yeah, the one that I got from Tom Holland, his most recent one, including like end notes and an introduction by Paul Cartledge and all that. Uh, this is what eight hundred thirty-four pages. Um, oh God, yeah, yeah. So it's a big thing, and yeah, it would take him twenty odd years uh, to to compose all that. Um, we think that because. Yes, there was writing, uh, but but Greece at this time was still very much like an oral tradition, like an oral cult- culture. Um, we think he probably would like recite parts of it um, when he was in Athens and like people would get all like jazzed and like, you know, maybe throw him a couple bucks. Maybe he was like busking, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing about, uh, which again, 
Uh, I think like so. Herodotus was the first podcaster. Exactly. Is what you're telling me. Exactly. And he's just doing like Patreon shekels. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, he had a story about like my hometown. Have have some drachma. Um, no, truly. I love that. Yeah. So like one of the key takeaways is yeah, like Herodotus was the first like podcaster. Um, but but in a way. There's, oh man, so many articles and so many like academic things I could, and scholarly things I can go into. It's also really interesting too to note the ways that Herodotus tries to echo, but then also tries to either improve upon or like distance himself uh, from Homer and like the Iliad and the Odyssey. Because, okay. because one could say, well, those are also very long composed works that you know, talk about all these different regions and people and things that they did and these grand deeds so that they won't be forgotten um, through time or like lose their glory. Um, which, yes, absolutely, those they, they have those in common. But Herodotus, the, the way that he's, yeah, like going about it, like we don't imagine that Homer like talking with people. I was like, oh, wait, so your great, 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 great grandfather was... Uh, Telamonian Ajax? Tell me about that. Like, we don't have that idea of, th- oh, well, that's how the epic poems were, like, written or composed. But that that is what Herodotus did. He was talking with people who were there. He, like, in, in a couple instances, he's, like, not, not, not interviewing, because that's, like, too formal, too standardized. But no, he's, like, right. he's, like, talking with people who were at these battles or who are at these places. Um, there's one in particular and I'm, and I'm kind of going out of order in my outline here, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, Oh wait, like uh, this guy, uh, his name is Thersander and he's from uh, Beotia where like Thebes is. And yeah, there's like a big banquet and like Herodotus like posts up next to this guy and like, he's telling him all the stories like, Oh yeah, I was in this battle. And well, the, the, uh, the Athenians, said that we like cowardly Thebans did this, but here's what actually happened. So he is, he's like trying to get, he's, he's like trying to hear what people are telling him um, and then write that down or like save it and then display it for people so that, yeah, yeah all this, it's so stinking cool, man. It's so stinking cool. That is really cool. Like, mm, I love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything to say other than to add like, that is so damn cool. Like, yeah, but also truly like, right. He was the first, yeah, like his historical podcaster with a Patreon, as opposed to like, well, yeah, because like, yeah, or um, well, because musicians and artists can have like okay. a Patreon too, right? What's up? Okay, so like, okay, so like, um, Herodotus is the first podcaster. Um, Sappho is the first like uh, OnlyFans influencer. <laughs> um. And then Diogenes is just like what Logan Paul on fucking TikTok, like yeah, yeah, or like um, <laughs> I feel like I'm giving Logan yeah, like Paul a, way more credit than he deserves, but yeah, yo, like what's a, up? It's Diogenes. I'm <laughs> shitting in the street today. Diogenes is uh, Bam Margera. That's what it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, something like or like a 4chan um, personality. Kind of. Diogenes is B. That's all. Yeah, that's all B. he is. That's all he is. He's just yeah, B and a little bit of pole. Um, <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. Uh, I I guess I have a bit of an update too. So yeah, moved past the Angry Orchard Tropical. With, with, yeah, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, now I have a Ranch Water Spicy with a little bit of jalapeno. Ranch Water Spicy. I had to switch mine up. Um, I don't want to get too housed on my uh, Bolton Colada. <laughs> so instead I have, and I don't even, I know I'm going to say this wrong, but um, hmm. this is a, I don't even know, Crucivoice? Crucivich, I don't know. Um, it is a Imperial Premium Czech Lager. Oh, dang. It is, I think, half a euro. It's one pint and 5% alcohol. If that's... But Beer Keg got new beer, and so okay. you're goddamn right I scooped it up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, cheer- cheers, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Huh. Not bad at all. There it is. There it is, perfect. Kind of tastes like a Beck, maybe? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like better than an American lager. It is the best lager I've ever had, so... Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) How's that spicy ranch water? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, like all the ones I've had before, so... It's it's okay. I've I've been yeah I've been I've been kind of kicking kicking that idea because I, I know I said this like right before all my travels that um, yeah you know I could probably like not completely cut back but be more like conscious about how much and what I'm drinking. So yeah, I'm sticking with the ranch waters and I'm down to like 190 like like that plus like working out consistently. Like no, I'm, I think I'm in pretty good shape. But isn't that weird? Like. It is. It's I definitely like, went through that back in like February when I quit drinking yeah. beer for Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. Like, I don't know. I, I may have to rethink some things. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, back anyway. At, back at, back at Um So I also just wanted to, again, like, if we're starting off with like him being a wizard, um, like, yes, we'll get into like the actual histories, but but this is like about him uh, for, first and for, foremost. And, and I know I've alluded to some of this stuff but i just really want to emphasize like this guy in like he he pioneered all this stuff there was um oh uh not heraclitus there was another writer about the same time who maybe you could call him like the first one to do like a historical kind of writing but even he was like kind of didn't have like he was still kind of doing some other things um but no like so this is like I just can't emphasize how like groundbreaking this piece of, uh, 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 and I know I'm using like writing kind of loosely here, especially if he like may have been reciting this stuff just out loud. Um, and like, yeah, like people would not, at the time people weren't rushing out and like buying copies of papyri to, to like read this thing. Um, but, but, but it is writing. Um, and it's also mm-hmm. prose. It's prose writing. That's the other sort of big difference between, like Homer in the Iliad and the Odyssey, and and, and some of the other lyric poet lyric poets like Sappho you mentioned and um, and a Creon and like was a, like they were writing poetry, um, and this is yeah. prose. This is prose, and it's like the longest, yeah, it's like the oldest longest piece of prose writing um, that we have. It's, Can it's I be sweet. reductive really quick and ask you, like, if, if someone doesn't know, what's the difference between prose oh, yeah. and poetry? Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. So, so, so yeah, like, poetry is this um, uh, kind of elevated, not 
not that not that you would hear like everyday conversation. Um, it's very like stylized. Um, it has like kind of more artificial constructions where you have like a rhyme scheme sometimes, or you have like a meter or like you have to have, or there's like X amount of syllables per line. And there's this like pattern, um, versus like prose is sentences and paragraphs like that's, that's basically it. Okay. Um, and so, and so yes, there were other bits of prose writing, um, like I mentioned, there were other like some some other inquiries, some other like treaties about yeah, like philosophy and like uh, yeah, like like proto scientific writing and stuff. But like this is the longest bit of prose, yeah, the longest oldest bit of prose writing that we have. Where it is, it's like, and it's not exactly broken up into sentences and paragraphs. Um, it's like sentences, but also then like little sections. So when I actually get to reading some of these things, I'm going to say like, all right, so yeah, this is uh, Herodotus's histories, like book two, line like 50 or whatever, or like part 50. And so it's like, oh, there's like 10 books, 10 chapters, you could think of it. Um, and then, yeah, like the different parts, the different, um, yeah, like sections or, or, or whatever. Sometimes okay. those are half a sentence. Sometimes those are like several sentences. If you want to, dear listeners, kind of see what I'm talking about, go to go to your preferred um, internet web browser and type in Tufts, T-U-F-T-S, uh, space Perseus, like the Greek hero, and then type in Herodotus' histories. And you'll go to this website that has both like an English translation of Herodotus' histories. And then if you click a button, you can also find like the Greek. And not that... Not that you have to read the Greek, but you can see like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like, it's kind of broken out like that. Um, and, that and that's free. That's great. Um, but, but anyway, so, um, so, so I, well, while I will read some great excerpts from that, I do want to talk more about the man and like his, his, his methodology, his wizardry, if you will, like things that he was doing that were uh, innovations and nobody else was doing and that a lot we still do today. Um, when we're doing history and, hist and historical research. And so, right, and so yeah, these are things that like in my graduate level courses, when uh, this was a couple years back, I took a, a, yeah, like a historiography class seminar, which is like a little different, but it's basically history. And it's like, okay, these are things, these are like best practices. And hey, wouldn't you know what? That's what Herodotus is doing too. Um, so one of the big one of the big things that I already mentioned that he did was he actually went to a lot of these places. Um, when he's writing about Egypt, he spent time in Egypt. When he's writing about Northern Africa, um, in like modern day Libya, he he went there. When he's up in like um, yeah these like barbarian lands of the north where the Scythians are, like modern day Ukraine. That guy got on a boat and sailed up through the Bosphorus and into the Black Sea and was palling God around damn. up there. Um, That's so cool. So yeah, like, how stinking cool. And, right. And, and, like, he's, like, hitching rides on, like, merchant vessels and stuff. So, so clearly people were traveling there. But they were traveling there to, like, do trade and do commerce. He was going there to learn about things and to, like, investigate and to, like, talk with people and to see the sights. Um, and it's so stinking cool that that's what he did. 
That is that is so neat. Yeah. Uh, just 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 very briefly, I'll kind of like give a sketch of of his travels here. Um, Hell yeah. <clears throat> so so yeah. So they're either like from Athens or from the island of Samos. Um, he first kind of goes north. Um, yeah, up through like I just said, up through the Bosphorus uh, and the Hellespont. Um, or I guess in order, the Hellespont and then the Bosphorus up into the Black Sea. Um, he visited Byzantium when it was still just like a baby city and before it would grow into like the seat of the Eastern Roman Empire and then become yeah. Constantinople. He was there when it was like little baby hundred year old Byzantium. <laughs> Yelling um, at his grandkids. You should have seen Byzantium yeah. in my day. Yeah, whatever, grandpa. Whatever, grandpa. Let's 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 get you to bed now. Um <laughs> Um, and so, so yeah, he, he went up through there and went to like the like some northern reaches, uh, Thrace, and yeah, parts of Scythia, which I said is like sort of modern Ukraine, the the Crimea that that area. He also went a little further east in the Black Sea, and he went to uh, Colchis, which is where the Golden Fleece were held. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, he fucking went Listeners, there. Listeners, magical item episode. Go listen to it. Yeah, go go listen to that because Herodotus was checking that out. He's like, oh, okay, I've heard the story about Jason and Medea. Why don't I? That's what he did. He went there and he researched. And I forget the book where, where it is, but he's like, yeah, this is supposedly where the Golden Fleece stood. And I'm walking around here. Uh, it's so stinking cool that he did it. He did it. Um. So after going north, uh, he, he he turns east, and he's like going into the heart of the Persian Empire, uh, and he goes to Babylon, right? Like this old, like like we, we were talking about how like old Egypt is. Well, Babylon is also like long, long history, um, and he's walking around Babylon and like again exploring that part. Um, after going east, he heads south. And he's checking out Egypt. Uh, he's um, uh, cruising up the Nile River. And by up, I still mean south, because it's like kind of backwards like that. Um, or at least to, like, <laughs> yeah. our, to our sort of like northern hemisphere-centric minds, man. And then after, right, after all of his tours in, in Egypt, uh, he heads west along, yeah, the sort of like uh, coast of North Africa in the Mediterranean um, we know he goes as far as Cyrene, uh, C-Y-R-E-N-E, which is in modern-day Libya. Oh, but wow. he says, but he says that he, what while he was there, he was talking with some people um, who were from like the Strait of Gibraltar, the Strait of Gibraltar, uh, the Pillars of Heracles. So he he says he's like talked with people all the way at the like western edge of the Mediterranean Sea. So I mean. That's pretty goddamn good to, to like hit essentially like the four cardinal directions. Uh, that's pretty yeah, goddamn. Did dude did work like guy did work. It was amazing. <sighs> um right, and that's even yeah, so this this travel that I went on and going g- me going to Greece and after like hearing about all this stuff for like th- three and a half decades of my life and finally getting to go there and be like Okay, yeah, this is Delphi, and this is where the oracle would have sat, and that's Mount Parnassus. And uh, here I am in Mycenae at, like, the Acropolis there where Agamemnon would have ruled. 
And here I am in Athens. Like, so my academic advisor, his name is Stratos, and he's Greek. He's from Thessaloniki up in the kind of northern part. But mm-hmm. that's something that he 100% emphasized. He stressed it to me. He stressed it to the other grad students. It's like, no matter what you're studying, if you're studying the Greeks like Josh is, if you're studying something different, if you're studying Japanese theater, if you're studying, if you're studying Sanskrit drama from like India, if you're studying Shakespeare, you have to go to the places. You, yeah. you, you have to go there because otherwise it's just, it's just yeah, words on a page. Versus like go and and I know I already like talked about this, like going there and like smelling the air and like feeling the dirt and like eating the food. Um, you have to go there to understand, to like truly understand it. And you can't call yourself a Shakespearean scholar if you've never been to England. You can't call yourself like a scholar of Greek theater if you haven't been to Greece or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's what Herodotus was doing. He was going to these places because he was curious. He wanted to talk with people. And he wanted to see things and he wanted to have those experiences. And then he wrote about them afterwards. Uh, and it's amazing. That is so fucking cool. It's so fucking cool, man. I don't mean to keep just saying that. Like, I no, wish I could what... contribute more than just being like weirdly starstruck by this man. But like, yeah, oh my God. It is. And so here's a couple things that like, and maybe one day, Mark, maybe when Two Wizards Podcast does get picked up by like Fireball Whiskey and I know something, and, and and we get a travel budget. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll try to like retrace Herodotus's steps. But in the meantime, um, in the meantime, there's a couple things that that you can do. Probably like the, the easiest that you can do this. Our listeners can do this right now. Uh, go to your preferred web browser um, and type in uh, maps of like the world according to Herodotus. And so, like, he he didn't draw these. He, he, he didn't draw any of these maps. But, like, other people have gone through. And so, like, oh, he mentioned this place. Here, here it is, like that. And, like, again, it's, it's pretty goddamn impressive for, like, that time. Like, okay, here's clearly, like, Europe. And then here's clearly Asia uh, to the east. And then here's clearly Africa. There's the Mediterranean Sea. Here's all these spots. And it's, like... Yeah, guy was like pretty, pretty damn impressive. Um, that's that's and and yeah, back just, then too. Like I, clearly, people could like move. Like we were mobile back then, but like yeah, this man is like he's not just going to one place. He, it's like you said, he kind of hit all the like cardinal points. That's so yeah. cool. It's so cool. Well, and then here's the other thing that, and and, and I'll return to this in, in another point too, because right, like he. There's no way he could have known about like North America um, or like Australia or South America or yeah, like the Southern part of Africa or things like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause he even says, and and again, forgive me. I, I, I I don't, I I wasn't able to to track down the book of where, where he says this, but he says, uh, yeah, I met some people who are telling me about these like mythical islands like way up in the north um that yeah it's apparently like super cold there and uh it's it's a hyperborea or the hesperides or something like that these like islands that are way far far north um but i can't like verify that because i've never been there like that's what they're telling me i'm still a little skeptical because i because i i haven't been there i haven't i haven't seen them yet and it's like 
yeah, fair cop. Like, that's great. That's great to like, sort of like, hey, I'm reporting back what I've been told, but I can't verify it with my own eyes. And that's pretty goddamn cool, too. Yeah. Um, so so not only is there that map that you can find um, on, on online and, and probably several, several versions of it, this is also very helpful because he's talking about all this geography and locations and things like that. So I, I, I was um, uh, pumping up the Tom Holland translation. Another great translation by Robert B. Strassler is called The Landmark Herodotus. And I think, I think last I checked, when I got my copy, I think it was like 30, 35 bucks on Amazon, something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's another tr- translation and it has some good um, introductions and like things like that too. What sets The Landmark Herodotus, this book apart, is like on just about every page is a map that says like, oh, he's talking about, um, let's see here, I'll just open up here. Uh, okay, he's talking about the island of Thassos and Samothrace and Miletus. Well, here's a map that shows where those are. Um, and oh, he's talking about Tyre and Ammonian and Thebes and Meroe in Egypt. Well, here's a map that shows where those are. Um, oh, shit, that's cool. It's, it's super fucking cool. Uh, so, so yeah, there's, and this is like kind of a series. There's a landmark Herodotus. There's a landmark Thucydides that kind of shows, that again has all the maps for like the Peloponnesian War. And I think they just came out with the landmark um, Xenophon, who wrote like the Anabasis, the March of the 10,000. That is a sim- similar thing, like has all these maps and stuff. So that's also super helpful. Uh, I, I'd also recommend the landmark Herodotus um, by, uh, by yeah, Robert B. Strassler. Because it does. It's like he's talking about all this geography and all these cities and like rivers and things. And sure, I was in Greece for like more than a week. But I don't know all these places, and it's helpful to have like, oh, okay, I can contextualize and put things together. Um, so anyway, yeah, right. So yeah, also, also highly recommend that. Um, okay, so yeah, so going to places. A, that's something that Herodotus like pioneered. Uh, B, as I've talked about before, he was he was talking with, with with people. He was talking with eyewitnesses, and again, like interviewing, maybe is the right term, maybe not. But he's talking with people who were there. For some first-hand accounts, but also some second-hand accounts and some even third-hand accounts. And, uh, right, and, like, that's the meme, right? That's the meme of, like, modern historians versus, like, uh, ancient his- historians. On, on the left side is the, like, modern hi- historian, and, and it's a little soy jack guy. And it's like, well, my research says, uh, su- su- suggests that from the years 1943 to 1947, a 7% income tax on bananas... In the state of uh, <laughs> Romanovia, may have led to something uh, happening later on, but conjecture at this point versus like the ancient historian is like the Chad Greek guy with the laurel says like, my cousin had this dream. Let me tell you about it. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, but so so that's just it. But he's like right. He's doing some data gathering. And to hold him to the same standards that we have today was silly. That would be like, oh, look at those fucking nerd Wright brothers and their airplane. You have to lie down on it? Where's the cockpit, nerds? It's like, they fucking invented it. No one <laughs> else too, had done like... it before. No one else had done it before. And they're flying and you aren't. So, 
stop. <laughs> this is also a time when people took dreams as goddamn, like, prophecy or the yeah, gods, like, speaking right. to them directly. Like, oh, yeah. God, Zeus appeared before me and said I had to molest this squirrel, otherwise all of Athens <laughs> would burn. Oh, is that right. why I'm fucking that squirrel? Yes, that is why I'm fucking this yes. squirrel. Okay, well, have that, I guess. Yeah, and that is why we built our city on this side of the river and not on that side. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so he does. So he is he's still talking with people? And, and yeah, I mentioned um, there there are two that he specifies. He says I uh, talked with Thursander of uh, Boeotia, um, who was yeah fighting in some of these battles during the Peloponnesian War. Or excuse me, during, during the Greco-Persian War. Um, and then he also names uh, uh, Timnes, Tim Timnes, uh, who's okay. either like a Scythian or like a greco scythian kind of guy um so yeah so he's like talking with people and he's like dropping his sources and he's also talking oh yes he'll be like oh i some dude i met in the street told me this um but he is he's still doing that and a lot of people like give herodotus hell for like either being gullible or just taking people at their value at like face value but truly like that's commendable and in my limited kind of like training as a researcher, that's what you do. You ask people questions. You don't like editorialize. You don't say like, really? Is that really what happened? No, you just like let them tell their story and like get it out there. And then yeah. afterwards, and then afterwards you can like do the analysis and like compare it with like other figures and stuff. Um, he says he, he he says that he is merely, that that in this work, his his job is, uh, uh, to state what I am told. And the Greek for Ooh. that is legen ta legomena, to say the things that have been said. To, to... Oh. And, and right. And like, yeah. I'm not going if, to, if, if I'm doing any sort of like an interview or something, I'm not going to like interrupt and be like, really? Is that really what happened? Is that what, how you remember it? It's like, no. Like, this is, this is what this person is telling me. And I have to go with that. I, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm not in their brain. I have to just, yeah, just have to go with it. Um, and and also, more more recently, there's been a big push for scholarship to include oral histories, and that's what. But it, it is. should, shouldn't it? Like, and it should, right? Like, instead of not to know, get like on a totally different tangent, but shouldn't it include oral history? Like, right? And like such a big and and like. The rationale behind it is whatever, but it's like, okay, here's like, yeah, here's, here's like, um, like one of the last people from this Native American tribe. My job is to like turn on the tape recorder and just shut the hell up and like, just let them go. Yeah. And, and, and like not, and even like, don't give like guiding questions. Don't give like follow-up questions. Just let them talk and you have your recording and you have that transcript and you're not going to be like, oh, really? Your great, great grandfather uh, uh, killed seven Union soldiers and that's how he got his uh, war feather. Really? No, you don't fucking do that. You just listen to him and you like honor that. Yeah. And and it, again, it's so funny, like here we are in the 21st century, right? In the 2000s. And here's this big push. It's like, oh, no, it's not. It's not your job as a researcher to like interrupt the, the participant, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder where did that idea come from? 
who who came up with that idea? Like, hey, I'm just saying what people are have told me, and I'm not passing judgment. I'm not like calling them bullshitters or whatever. I'm just reporting what I'm being told. Who who invented that? <laughs> yeah. So fucking yeah, it's Caesar. Awesome. Fucking Caesar and his goddamn uh whatever his uh oh what does he call his deal? Dial um, not dialogues. That's oh um, never mind. It's okay. the it's the thing when he talks about like the the conquest of the Gauls. Mm. Oh, and I can't think of it. But yeah, and he's just like full of shit, and it's like maybe we ought to take this with a grain of salt. Like, right? Exactly. Which okay. So 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 that was B that we can credit Herodotus, and then C. However, like, yes, he will give people their their chance to speak, and but then he also sometimes he does he does kind of call some things into question and and right like i was, I was talking about just just before right like here, here are these people that say that they've seen these islands or they exist i haven't been there so he does kind of do that um and so what do you reckon those islands were just that, like not again not to derail but what do you I mean, what do you think he was ta- thinking of or hearing about i mean most from what i understand most people think it was something about like the british isles yeah like ireland or something right yeah like, like Ireland, yeah. Britain, something like that. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and again, like we can't we can't really say can't really say beyond that. Um, so okay, so A and B and then C. Um, right, he's he's trying to find like the causes of things. He's trying to like draw causal relationships. Like oh, this thing happened, probably ended with this result. This is the consequence of that. And truly, right, like that that that's. The start, that's the impetus of his whole project. He's saying like, yeah, what is the cause of the Greeks and the non-Greeks fighting each other all, all this time? And, yeah. and how he starts off with that is he, he does kind of go into like this sort of fuzzy mytho-historical time of like, oh, you're talking about like Europa being kidnapped by Zeus and... Uh, like there was a there was a fight that there was like a battle that broke out between that between the Greeks and the non-Greeks, um, and then here's here's this so he does kind of tell some of those stories, but it's but it's because like hey look at this pattern look at this rhyming that we're, that I'm noticing throughout history that like yeah Greeks and non-Greeks are always fighting each other and why is it because we're taking each other's women all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like book one the like first book starts off with like yeah here's a bunch of stories of like yeah like a greek princess getting abducted by non-greeks or a non-greek princess getting abducted by greeks yeah that it goes back to that <laughs> so what you're telling me josh yes is that herodotus was the first one to diagnose anybody with the case of chronic bitch dependency I think I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head, man. <laughs> I think you did. That's just it. I um, gotta stop watching Boondocks. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah. So right, and and again, that's also right. So that's also what modern historians often do. Because they're looking like, okay, this thing happened. This was a consequence. This was a result. And that also goes right into the whole like, hey, let's like. Remember the past, learn about the past, investigate the past, because it might help us in the future. It might help us make decisions in the future that have outcomes that are more favorable to us or whatever. 
Yeah. Uh, so that too. And then like, so so those are like some of his big, like his, his achievements or innovations for history. But he could also be called the father of like a whole bunch of other disciplines too. He could be called the father of ethnography, writing about this like, this like group of people or this tribe or this culture. Because again, if he's going up oh, north damn. and he's going east, and he's going south, and he's going west, and he's talking with all these, yeah, like non-Greek uh, cultures. Yeah, he's like the father of ethnography. Um, and that's also something that he is, is establishes from, from the first sentence. And even more so. So like, granted, right, like he does kind of occupy this sort of like, uh, yeah, sort of like hybrid status of like he grew up in a greek city but it's in the persian empire but he maybe like rebelled against the persian empire but he's still but like so in talking with all of these different cultures and like learning all these different things again he does i think a remarkable and admirable job of like not passing judgment and like not ridiculing different customs or or beliefs or whatever and showing like a pretty even, like pretty fair-handed, neutral uh, kind of stance. And and a lot of times even praise. Like Herodotus gets horned up for Egypt. He's like, these Egyptians, they've been around forever. They're wicked smart. Um, they're like medicine. They're, they're, they're like medical understanding is so much more advanced and so much better than kind of all of these other places that I've been to. Um, and so, right. So that's also like pretty, pretty goddamn cool. So can I be not pen- pedantic? Maybe I don't know. Um, what? Um, in Persian Fire, I want to say there's that line, mm-hmm. and he keeps repeating. Um, and I forget the guy that says it, but someone and he goes, "Thank God I'm a Greek." Oh right, yeah. No, well, no, like right. So like, but so Herodotus is from Halicarnassus, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like I- I- Ionian Greek, Persian, more more, more Persianish leaning, per- Persianish leaning. Sorry, I can't talk. That's good. Um. But so, like, um, the Persian Empire was, like, a lot more accepting of outsiders versus Greek. It was like, no, 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 yes. they're barbarians. We call them that because they talk like idiots. Like, right, right, right. Um, right. Bar, 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 bar. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> do you think that's where some of that might have come from? With, like, he had, if, like, Herodotus point. was born in Athens, like, he would have been like, yeah, I guess Egypt is cool. The pyramids are pretty okay. But, like, have you seen the Acropolis? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I, th- I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Be because he is sort of yeah in this he's the culture that he kind of grew up with is is, is yeah more kind of uh, multi varied and and accepting right it's like giving credit to Darius and Cyrus um, and all those yeah like like Persian kings they were they're like hey just like pay your taxes and like you do you. And, like, we can all get along. Like, that was truly, like, a coalition. Like, yeah, like a multinational, multicultural coalition. Um, where, yeah, people were, like, generally could, like, let bygones be bygones. And then, but then here's, like, these, like, stubborn, feisty Greeks. that are like, no, fuck you. And, like... <laughs> and granted, that's also glossing over a whole lot. So, listeners, go... I mean, read, yeah, and that's why I said, like, fire. I don't want to be, like really yeah. boil it down well, but and he even i forget the guy's name and i was trying to find this again um but herodotus even tells a story of like there was a persian 
either like general or something like that, who was doing that. He was like, ah, look at these Egyptians, these like idiots that like their gods are like men with like an alligator head. Look at these like idiots. How, how stupid is that? And Herodotus like has a little like discursion about like, no, that's like they they have just as much right to like ridicule you or you and your worship of this one god uh uh, uh Kura Mazda um mm-hmm. and, and right and like that's the natural thing like the, the natural thing is for like every one person to think that his beliefs his customs are like right and best and like everybody else's are like wrong and stupid and backwards but right and and so right like even that he has that kind of ability to like step and to like remove himself from that situation and give yeah a more like kind of neutral uh 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 take on it it's incredible it's incredible and okay yeah in the like later chapters when he actually gets to the greco-persian war like he does he does amp up athens quite a bit probably because like he was living there and being a good podcast host he knew his audience and was like (laughs) yeah he was maybe like pandering to them a little bit um but it's still incredible it's still incredible the amount that like the the yeah the like knowledge that he has of like and and i even like gave this example way back in an earlier episode where he gives an example of i believe darius he's talking with some people from india about their burial practice and allegedly cannibalism was involved with that. Oh, yeah. And then he's talking with some Greeks and what their burial practices are. And then those include cremation. And he asked the Greeks, would you ever eat your deceased ancestors? And they're like, oh, no, no. And then he asked the, the Indians, like, would you ever burn your deceased ancestors? No, never. You couldn't pay me any amount to do that. And because the, the reason why he tells that story is, yeah, in, in the Persian Empire, India was all the way at the east and Greek was all the way at the west, and so in the west, and so those were the extremes. And here, like, here's the Persian god king showing like a religious and cultural tolerance that is incredible, and it's like written about in like, yeah, like a uh, uh, praiseworthy of uh, uh, framing. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. This guy. It's so fucking cool. Like. Yeah, it's so stinky. It's like you're saying, he was like, oh, man, he was laying stuff down, like, but he wasn't just the first historian. Like, God damn, man. I'm oh, okay. sorry. So, Again, so I also, wish I could contribute more. Yeah, no, 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 just, no. Oh, no, my God, true. Herodotus. Like, <laughs> so, I'm horned okay. up for Herodotus. Well, and, and consider this also. So, okay, father of history. Yes, absolutely. Father of ethnography. I think you could add that in as well. Throughout the histories, he's mixing in some natural science. Like he gives like, hey, this is maybe why he, he, he attempts an explanation of why the Nile River floods and recedes when it does. Maybe doesn't oh, get it God. right. But so, OK, so so there's some like, yeah, like earth sciences there. He throws in some political theory. He throws in some biology. He's talking about, um, hey, in Egypt, they have these things called alligators. And in India, they have these things called camels. Um, that like, okay, yeah, like I know like we Greeks know what a camel is, but here's the neat thing about camels in that region. Um, he's, he's going through, we, to, to call him like an early cryptologist might be a bit of a stretch, 
but he writes about phoenixes. He's like, hey, in Egypt, there's this bird called a phoenix. Um, okay. Up in Scythia, he's like, hey, I think this is. I think this is pretty sure where like griffins are, because uh, there's these like weird bones that we have that like kind of look like they have a beak. Um, people think he maybe did giant the, ants, right? He also has the giant ants. Yep, he, he has the giant ants, yeah. which are in India. So like, he's writing about that stuff as well. Um, he's doing so, yeah. Like it's it's he's mixing in all these other like disciplines as well as he's talking about this, and it's freaking awesome. And listeners, go read Herodotus's histories as translated either by Tom Holland or by Robert Strassler because uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Fuck yeah, go do it. Go do hell, it. Hell, I'm now. probably gonna go do it. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, sorry guys, we're gonna have to take another like month hiatus here or. Whoops, all Herodotus uh, for <laughs> for the month of August. Join us next week when Josh and I read all of Herodotus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from start to finish. Well, also Herodotus Tober. Yeah, <laughs> Herodotober. I love it. Uh, but that's also a great segue because, yeah, l- l- like I mentioned, I-, I can't. I want to. I wish I could. Um, I can't read all of it, but I do want to read like some highlights. And yes, I have mentioned Herodotus. Like talked about the like burial practices, talked about the giant ants. Uh, talk, so so I I wanted to like kind of challenge myself and find, you know, two or three or four stories um, that also might be kind of interesting to us that I haven't read before. Um, okay. And so here I'll read a, l- a little bit. This is from this is from book two, uh, where he's talking about Egypt, and Mark, you and I both know that like Egyptian culture worshipped cats mm-hmm. would mummify cats all that, all that stuff um, Her- Herodotus has some interesting stories that maybe you haven't heard about what cats are like in Egypt um, so this is yeah from book 2 uh, sections 66 and 67 domestic animals are numerous and would be even more so were it not for something that serves to keep the cat population down Female cats, which have given birth to kittens, will have nothing more to do with males. The male cats are thereby left as frustrated as they are needy. This has driven them to devise a cunning plan. They snatch or steal the kittens from their mother and then dispose of them. Parentheses. uh, But though they kill the kittens, they do not eat them. End parentheses. (laughs) The females, bereft of their offspring and eager for more due to their love for babies, then return to the males. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So that was from the translation by Tom Holland. So why why aren't there more cats in Egypt? Well, because the male cats are horny. And when the moms are taking care of their kittens, they don't want anything else. So the men, so the male cats kill all the kittens to make more kittens. That's why. <laughs> a little bit more a little bit more there Um, also about cats though in the event of a fire what happens to cats is uncanny in the extreme so brace yourself the Egyptians rather than attempting to extinguish the flames instead form a human chain and keep watch over the cats the cats however slipping through the line of men or else jumping over it Hurl themselves into the conflagration. <laughs> okay. 
An event such as this causes the Egyptians great distress. All the inhabitants of a household in which a cat has died of natural causes will shave off their eyebrows and nothing else. But if a dog dies, then their entire body and head are shaved. <laughs> so apparently in Egypt, cats just jump into fires constantly. <laughs> and then if a cat dies, uh, everyone gets so sad they shave off their eyebrows. Um, but if a dog dies, then they shave their entire body and their head. I love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great fun story that often gets repeated from some of Herodotus's more, more fanciful stories that he repeats back. Um, here's a little more ethnography here. Um, and this is something I think we can safely agree that Herodotus was wrong about. But here he's talking about some of the people who live in India um, and in Ethiopia. And so this is from Book 3, uh, dot 101, 101. All the Indians of whom I have sp spoken mate with one another in public, just as livestock do, and are black in color from top to toe. In this case, they are very much like the Ethiopians whom they closely resemble. Which, like, okay, I know that's like kind of a scary sentence to start off with. Like, oh boy, Herodotus, where are we going here? Um, but it is true. I, I think that's undeniable. Africans and Indians have, like, a darker yeah. complexion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Here's, but yeah, but like compared to like the weird like, what what do you call it, olivey green yeah. Greek color? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's where it gets weird, though. Very next sentence. The semen which they ejaculate into their women is not white like that of other men, but the same shade of black as their skins. This is also <laughs> true of the semen ejaculated. <laughs> this is also true of the semen ejaculated by Ethiopians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there he didn't cite a source so we, we can't really trace that one back but um, <laughs> um, you yeah. know it kind of it kind of reminds me of um, that uh, academic fraud hero paper about the dog parks oh man that'd be great that would be a great <laughs> like. Hi, I'm Herodotus. Can I exa can I examine your semen? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Go so, away. So, I was gonna wrap up with this too, but um, so r about the same time that his translation was published, Tom Holland gave a lecture on Herodotus, and you can find it on, on YouTube. It's like I think the whole thing's an hour, including a Q and A, but his part's like forty minutes, forty five minutes. Okay. And when he's talking about the story, he says that Aristotle, a um, hundred years or so later, uh, fact-checked him and said, like, no, he was, yeah, this, this part is inaccurate. And Tom oh, Holland, shit. and then Tom Holland, of course, with that, like, kind of sly, glib British humor, says, like, well, and we know that Aristotle was all about, like, empirical evidence. So one can only imagine how he determined <laughs> that that was inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah so uh, Aristotle then... just milking dudes <laughs> alright yeah that's um... Aristotle is the first Digbar gay raps we, we, we <laughs> yeah, sold it we come full circle <laughs> I wonder what he what he wanted his sample size to be there 
I'm Aristotle. I've come for the chicken and dickin. Let's go, guys. <laughs> uh, and then one, one last, one last kind of funny, goofy, whatever story. Um, this is this is from book four. You can tell. Okay, yeah. So roughly, it's like books one through five are the like going all across the world and talking about different things. And here's where you get like the the, the more silly stories. Uh, and then like this, the second half is when he gets into the actual um, Greco-Persian War. It gets a little more what we might recognize as like kind of more modern history. Um, but we're still in that first part. This is from book four um, where he's up in the north and he's talking about, um, yeah, the barbarians up there, the the Scythians, the Scythians, I guess, probably mm-hmm. more, more properly. Um, and he's talking about some of their burial practices. Um, and this one might be a little longer, but I'll try to. No, I'll try to maybe skim over some part. Um, so he's talking. So he just finished about how like the like kings and noblemen are, are buried. Um, and this is book four, part seventy three. Um, this is how the kings are buried. Any other Scythian, however, when he dies, will be laid in a wagon by his closest relatives and taken on a tour of all of his friends, each of whom will welcome the entourage and entertain them. And the corpse will have the same identical portions laid out before it as everyone else. Okay, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, For 40 days, commoners are taken round in this way and then laid to rest. They soap and wash their heads, their bodies they cleanse by propping up three poles, one against the other, and stretching woolen blankets of felt over them, so that as few gaps as possible are left open. And then by placing a dish in the middle of these poles and blankets and throwing red-hot stones into it. Okay, kind of cool. They, like, make a little... Yeah, kind of early, sort of like teepee sort of thing, whatever. Yeah. Here's the next part. Now, there was a plant in their country called cannabis, which closely resembles flax, except it has a thicker stem and is larger uh, in size. In these respects, cannabis has by far the advantage. It grows both wild and as a result of cultivation, and it is even used by the Thracians to make clothes that closely resemble linen. Hemp, right? Hemp. Canvas, hemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, indeed, only a real specialist can distinguish clothes made from flax from those made with a cannabis plant. Someone who has never seen cannabis before uh, would think the clothes to be linen. So, what the Scythians do is they take the seeds of a cannabis plant, crawl in under the blankets of this kind of teepee thing that they've erected, and they've put some hot coals on a stone... Uh, they crawl it under the blankets and, cla- and cast the seeds onto the glowing stones. As they hit the stones, the seeds flare as though they were incense and emit a vapor so thick that no steam bath in Greece could possibly compete with it. Scythians <laughs> are hotboxing it. The, the effect... <laughs> exactly. The effect of this vapor on the Scythians is to make them howl with delight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's <laughs> discussing. Herodotus is reporting that part of the burial practice is you have the person tour around, and you get offerings, and you make this little kind of teepee tent thing, and yeah, you toke it up. <laughs> then they're hot box. So number one, or okay, yeah. so are they? The, the 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 dead person is in this um, 
uh, weed bivouac, right? Yeah. No? Yep. That, okay. That, that's my understanding. That's trippy. That's trippy as hell. Um, yeah. But number two, man, okay, give me a time machine. I want to go back to where Herodotus saw this bit. And like, yo, you want to come check this out? He's like, yeah, for sure. And then he's just like, can't write anymore. He's like, what is with my hand? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's like looking down at his hands. He's like, they call them dactyls, but have you ever seen them dact? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any dolmas? I am. I could really go for some, some dolmas, dolmas right ready. now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. No, it's so awesome. And, and right, and those are just little morsels. It's got a weird, um, what's his nuts? Uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson vibe, almost. Like, you oh. just go around, and you hang out with people. Like, he wrote, what, his uh, Hell's Angels book. Like That is a great... He, these little things, like, w- let's call it, the Scythians were like Hell's Angels, but instead of, you know, Harley-Davidson's, they were on goddamn horses and, like, that is horrifyingly proficient archers. Like That's a great connection to make. Holy shit, I love that. That's incredible, Mark. That's awesome, dude. Fucking you, history just rhymes, dude. Like, yeah, it does. It does. And so, yes, I, I guess, and, and right, and those are just some little morsels, some little tidbits. There's so many more great things in there. And you can, I mean, if, if you want to cheat, you can, like, just Google, like, funny stories from Herodotus or, like, weird stories. From, and then you'll find, like, a BuzzFeed, like, listicle, whatever. Um, but hey, that, that gets you started, right? That gets you started. So definitely check out Rotis. Um, and then, right, I, I did, I want to sort of rounding it out here, um, did mention that, that yes, that he, despite all his achievements, like, like many wizards, he was often understood and slandered and maligned by those who didn't understand what he was doing, those who were jealous of what he was doing. Uh, and so yes, and so he did. He he did get some haters um, during during his both kind of during his life, and then also kind of following that. Um, and right, and the the one that I mentioned, uh, of course, right off the bat is Thucydides, who also wrote a history on the Peloponnesian War, and yeah, was like had some beef with Herodotus. I think because. Maybe he should have been, to, to Thucydides' mind, he should have been more discerning. He should have been more careful in the stories he was reporting. Um, yeah, and he, and he calls him a, he, he calls him a, a storyteller, a, a, not exactly a liar, but yeah, he's, he, 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 he takes issue with, not only some of the fanciful stories, but also a lot of the dis- the digressions that Herodotus mm-hmm. appears to make. But you go listen to Tom Holland talk, and it's like, no, like, those, those aren't digressions. It's, like, all relevant. It's all, like, meaningful. Um, it makes it makes up the, like, some, yeah, like, you need it. Yeah, you need it. It's part of it, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's part of it, too. Um uh, a little bit later, this is in like so. See, so yeah, like Thucydides, I think like kind of overlapped a little bit with Herodotus. Thucydides was was younger, but I think it was still kind of around. Um, so like practically con- contemporaries. Um, later though, um, in like yeah, like the first century um, uh, BCE, was this other Greek um, yeah like writer, thinker, intellectual uh, named Plutarch. 
Um, okay. Plutarch, very famously, one of his famous work, works is called either the biographies or sometimes the the the, the twin lives. And Plutarch okay. picked, I think it was seven. I think it was seven of each. He picked like seven famous Greek uh, individuals and seven famous Roman individuals and kind of like matched them up and like wrote biographies of their lives. Um, and so, right. So that also entails a bit of like historical research, right, of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Plutarch also had some beef with Herodotus because one of the things that is attributed to him is this piece of writing that's sometimes called um, On the Malice of Herodotus or On the Malignancy of Herodotus. And it's, okay. and it's this little bit of writing that, again, is saying, like, look, this guy Herodotus, he's telling, you know, tall tales. He didn't do his, like, due diligence and, like, vet this stuff. And he was just telling stories. Maybe that's actually what Plutarch thought. Maybe it was just, I don't know, like a writing exercise that he was doing. He was like kind of flexing his write, his writerly muscles and his like thinking muscles writing this thing. Or maybe it wasn't even him. There's some scholars that are like, no, maybe it wasn't the actual Plutarch. Maybe it was a guy who like had a very similar writing style or maybe somebody accidentally attributed to Plutarch. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, also a name who will sound f- familiar going back to our travel episode uh, is Lucian. Because in... Oh, shit. Lucian. Because in Lucian's... Of Samoset? Uh, yes, of Samoset. Exactly. Um, yeah, because in our travel episode, I, I, I mentioned him. Uh, and he writes this parody called A, a, a True Story, where it's completely mm-hmm. made up and silly. Um, and if you'll remember, uh, in the second half in book two of that, um, Lucian goes to the underworld and he, he, he doesn't go to hell. He kind of like sails by hell and there he mm-hmm. sees Herodotus and all these other people being tormented because those are writers of untruths. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucian says, unlike me, who's never written a false thing ever. Um, so who knows? Maybe he's like. Kind of playfully teasing, poking fun at Herodotus. But also Lucian, who wrote about, like, the vulture dragoons. Yeah, right? the, like, yeah, yeah, the vulture yeah. dragoons and the war and between... And the like, the moon men or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the war between the, the moon men and the men of the sun over the dawn star, because that's where they wanted to set up a colony. They each wanted a, a colony there. So, much like with Lucian, was he being serious? Was he making fun of people who seriously thought that about Herodotus, eh, who knows, who knows. Um, but then also, right, I, I truly want to end, though, with two, yeah, Herodotus stands. Um, and okay. I, I've i mentioned them both before, but but I'll just say them one more time. Um, one of them, of course, being Cicero, who labeled Herodotus the father of history. Because, um, right, and I think I, I forget what episode it was. Um, but it was like every once in a while I'll see on Twitter somebody trying to dunk on Herodotus and he's like, can you believe this? Uh, the, the, the like arrogance of this guy calling himself the father of history. It's like, okay, shows how ignorant you are. Uh, cause he didn't call himself that. That's what this like Roman guy hundreds of years later did. So, uh, suck on that L. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
And also, I think as I've established, yeah, he was though. Like all of the thing, like a lot of the best practices that we still do with historical research are things that he was doing, and that we even call history history is because of him and this massive piece of work that he did. And Thucydides, you can be salty and like whatever. Uh, uh, I did better with my stuff. Well, hey, guess what, cupcake. Um, if, if, if you still didn't have Herodotus as a model, if, if he wasn't like the first one, if, if he didn't take on that mantle of like being a history wizard, what would you have done? Like you, you, right. Yeah. So, so that's just it. That's just it. Um, so, uh, uh, so, so yeah, Cicero, definitely a Herodotus stan. And then, a name I've mentioned and I was reading excerpts from his translation, Tom Holland. Tom Holland's also a big Herodotus fan. Um, in that YouTube lecture, and when we publish this um, episode, when we publish this episode and, and get the uh, an, an announcement out on, on Twitter, I'll, I'll also uh, re- reply with a link to this YouTube video. Um, he says that like Her- Her- Herodotus is one of those writers that you can read him again and again and and when you read him at different points in your life you pick up on different things um when when tom holland was a young lad of 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 12 years old he got super excited about the greco-persian war and it's like oh in order to read and like really understand this i gotta read the greek so let's let's go check out herodotus and at first he was like what the hell is this? Like, he's talking about Egypt. He's talking about Thrace. He's talking about gold digging ants. Um, musicians getting rescued by dolphins. Like, what? What is this? But the but, and then eventually, when it did get to the Greco Persian Wars, he's like, yeah, Battle of Thermopylae, woo. Um, <laughs> but then, it, like, coming back to him, uh, to, coming back to Herodotus time and again, that's when Tom Holland was realizing, like, no, all those digressions weren't digressions he's saying like i got to talk about this thing but before i talk about this thing i got to talk about this other thing and i have to like contextualize and like lay the groundwork and and i went there i went to all these places um and and the other thing that he mentions in that talk and i think is brilliant so not only was herodotus as you and i just said mark like probably the first podcaster um (laughs) When you and I, when we do our little like research rabbit holes and we, and we go online and we say, okay, I have a question about this thing. Let me like search for this. And we're tracking down websites and one thing leads to another. And okay, yeah, this site seems a little off topic, but it's still kind of neat. It's kind of neat to go down that rabbit hole. Okay, now I'm back over here and uh, oh, let me like explore this thing some more and oh okay here's this source and i'm reading it and i'm kind of skeptical but okay that's what it is he says like we're following tom holland says that when we do that we're following in the footsteps of herodotus because that's what he did oh oh i fucking love that and it's so right it's so great it's like spot on and it is it's like okay sure you're like trying to churn out this like term paper or whatever for this class and yeah, you got you to gotta just like look what's out there. And granted, you're not physically going to these places, but you're going to these sites. You're going to these websites 
and you're seeing what information is there and you're comparing it with other stuff. Um, and, and then he has, Tom, Tom, Tom Holland has this little line too. And, and again, I'm, I'm citing my sources. Um, there's a part in Herodotus's histories where he says, now I'm going to talk about Assyria in a moment and the Assyrian empire. But first I got to talk about, I don't know, like Babylon or something like that. But he never comes, right. but he never comes back to Assyria. He, I don't know, if he forgot it, if he got lost in the rabbit hole or, or whatever. And, uh-huh. and like Tom was saying like, that is so sad to me. Cause it's like when you click on a website link, it's like, holy shit, this source looks awesome. I can't wait to explore this. And then like, it's dead or like it doesn't yeah. exist or, or like the domain has expired or whatever. Wikipedia the, footnote links. God damn yeah, it, Yeah, Wikipedia like, footnote oh links. Oh my God. All the oh goddamn time. Oh my God, time. yeah. <laughs> and so, right. And so it sounds like that's also the experience of reading Herodotus where it's like, oh no, wait, like, can I have more digressions? Can I have more weird stories? Can I have more things that like don't appear to be on topic, but actually now I'm like super invested in. Um, and that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and also truly when, when we're doing that and we're trying to go back and like, okay, what was that website I, I looked at last Tuesday? Um, what is it called Th- that, you know, we, we open up and we search through our browser history, <gasps> our browser, <gasps> our browser investigations, our inquiries, our research. We're, we're all following in the footsteps of Herodotus. Hell yeah. When you're, when you're looking for like a strawberry pancake recipe, if you're trying to find out more about like, um, yeah, like the government, like controlling the weather. <laughs> okay, you're, do- okay, you're doing history. You're doing Herodotus's history. <laughs> but, 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 when you're trying to find the like strawberry pancake recipe, those goddamn recipe blogs are the truer Herodotus <laughs> than you are because they got to tell you about how their fucking like Italian grandmother used to fucking make <laughs> strawberry pancakes. And that's the part where you're like back in the, the old country of Cincinnati, Ohio, every weekend. Like <laughs> exactly. So so yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Herodotus. You would have loved the internet. And rest in power, King. No, he would have fucking King. hated the internet. Oh my God! Can you imagine? No, maybe he wouldn't. I think he would love it. I think he'd love it because Herodotus yeah. would be the greatest mod of all time. Oh my God, he would right. Put 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 him yeah. in charge of Wikipedia. No, oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. There, you, okay. there you go. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So that so so yes, Mark. I think that is my that is my history and my encomium, my praise to yeah the history wizard Herodotus. And where would we be today without him? I don't know, but I don't think I want to go to that place. Whatever it is. Oh, man. I, I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm doing this real quiet. Can you hear this? I'm not fapping. I'm golf clapping. I'm golf clapping to you, sir. You fucking killed it. That was amazing. Um, Thank you. Dude, what an amazing way to kick off, like, yeah. the, the once and future series that will be, like, mm-hmm. the true wizards. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, true, true, true wizards. And, and yes, and we have a ton of story. And, and, Mark, I know that you have, like, three or four other true wizards that like you're just chomping at the bit to like oh just wait just wait till we do this stuff 
Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to join you on those episodes just as you've joined me. And listeners, just as you have joined us. Um, so what do you think? Have, have have you heard of this guy before? Is, is this... Uh, well, well, if you've listened to, you know, like half of our podcasts where I was like, oh, that reminds me of Herodotus. Um, do you want to go check out the histories? Answer, yes, you do. Do you want to go listen to Tom Holland's <laughs> lecture on YouTube? Yes, you do. Do you want to pick up the landmark Herodotus so you have a map to help you make sense of this thing? Yes, you do. But tell us about that. We want to know. Um... And yeah, please let us know. You can send an email to two wizardspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at two wizardspodc1. We're, 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 the Instagram, I think, is like kind of on live support. Maybe it's, maybe it's in like the like <sighs> Scythian. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. It's just, it's all just ads. And like, I don't yeah. even know how to engage with humans. And like, I thought maybe like, <laughs> The hashtag, what do you call that? Not um, SCP, SCO. Mm, yeah. That, whatever that weird anagram is, or not anagram, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I think the Instagram. For right now. Yeah. The Instagram exists, uh, Two Wizards podcast, yeah. Okay. It's, I think it's one of those like uh, Scythian commoners whose corpse is like draped up in the TP and we're hot boxing and. We're going to be howling with delight. As soon as we figure out what to do with it, we'll figure out something to do with it. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, Josh. I'm at Plaid Barbarian. Mark, how about you? What are some things that you want to that you want to record for all history? Uh, for all history, you can find me on uh, at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or or you can find me on our sister podcast, The Dangle Podcast. Where me and my good buddy Johnny take two episodes of King of the Hill, and we talk about it still holds up. Uh, this week's episode, uh, uh, we are talking It's Not Easy Being Green, where Bobby tries to save the itchy algae in the quarry, and the trouble with Gribbles, the, which is the better episode where Dale invents a, um, uh, what do you call that, a fraudulent lawsuit against the Manitoba Tobacco Company. It's, it, we had some fun. It was some fun. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Uh, and and yes, and so we are. We're very excited to. I, I think truly like hit the ground running with season five. Um, we're also going to be recording our two year anniversary episode pretty soon. Before we're getting there. I, well, that's like next week, two weeks from now. I think. Yeah, I think it's two. I think it's two weeks, something like. Yeah, right? I think our birthday is August twenty third. I think it is too. Because technically, yeah, yeah. Think, God damn, that's right. two weeks away. Josh, two years of this shit. Can you believe that, man? It's amazing. Oh, oh. Also, um, the one you were referencing was two wizards and the grab bag of holding episode. That's right. That's when right. you got really up on your uh, Herodotus stand soapbox, which I don't blame you for at all, but that was that episode you were talking thank about. Thank you, thank you for you are which you was are... last year in goddamn June. Holy shit, Holy shit man! <laughs> like, to Josh. History just rhymes. Like it, it does. It, it rhymes. It repeats. It drinks things out of its right on. Um, <laughs> and uh, bourbon and Palisade peaches is goddamn delicious. Go try it, kids. A thousand years from now, Herodotus Bot will say there was a podcast called the Two Wizards, and Mark drank a <laughs> Bolton <laughs> Bolton Colada. <laughs> Before we talk about what was in Mark's Wizard's Riton, we need to discuss the legend of Roos Bolton. 
and the flayed men. Let me let me tell you about Alamosa, Colorado. <laughs> Let's discuss the Game of Thrones, a series that a thousand years later still has not ended. Yeah, still has not ended. And the people... Dark Warlock George R. R. Martin has not. Yeah, he has not completed. People are still upset about season eight. Um, but yes, what? A... Before we talk about season eight, we need to discuss D and D on HBO and how bad they fucked up the show. Fucked it up. Well, Mark, I. Oh man. This, this has been marvelous. Thank you for joining me on the slide. As well, and you are also like. Thank you for guiding this. This was amazing, dude. Yeah. Well, and and you are truly the two wizards historian because I'll be like, yeah, what episode was that where I talked where I like banged my knee before recording? You're like, oh no, yeah, that was this one. That was uh, <laughs> I was like so so yeah. So kudos to you, sir, for being for being the two wizards his, his, historiographer, archivist, all that good stuff. Uh, and gentle listener, thank you. For joining us once more. Um, my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and just for this episode, I'm a hizzard. <laughs> Take care, everybody. We love you all, everyone. Good night, guys. <laughs> he rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!